What can we all learn about business from Taylor Swift, who, by the way, is worth a cool $400 million? We'll talk about it with guest co-host, the Money Tree author and host of Side Hustle School podcast, Chris Gillibo. It is Tuesday, August 25th. Let's talk money with our friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown up kitchen in New York City. Amazing. I'm Chris Gillibo, author of uh, The Money Tree and some other books. I do a podcast. Uh, big fan of Bobby Rebel and Money Aww. with Friends. Yes, I'm excited to be here once again. Well, guys, we are happy to have Chris here. This is his second to last show. We're going to be talking about recent headlines and stories. We do that all the time here on Money with Friends. We're going to break the stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we're also going to leave you with a big idea to make it all your own. And we thank Netgear for sponsoring this episode of Money with Friends. Are you guys ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out what makes Netgear America's number one choice for Wi-Fi at netgear.com forward slash best Wi-Fi. That is netgear.com forward slash best Wi-Fi. And Wi-Fi has been working doubly hard these days with everybody working from home. So that's definitely something very important. Um, You've been working from home. I've been working from home just like everybody. Yeah. Uh, I've been working from home. I've been trying to figure out what comes next, you know, all that kind of stuff. I feel like, um, I don't know how you feel. We've talked before about like, this is like a little vortex time and such. And I really want to to uh, make sure that I use this time well and hopefully like have something to show for it at the end. So we'll see. Well, I can't wait to hear about what you have going on mm. next. A lot of people have been busy at home. Taylor Swift, by the way, put out a new mm. album that she recorded yeah. at home. Although she's got a lot, I think she's got a lot of fancy technology and recording right. equipment at home. So she's probably got the better studio than any other studio you could go into anyway. But we're going to talk about Taylor Swift and business lessons we can learn from her after we see which one of our friends is going to lead us into the headline. This is Lacey from the Military Money Show, just chilling and chatting about the news. That is why I tune in to Money with Friends. So this story, what can you learn or what you can learn about business from Taylor Swift? Uh, This is by Daniel Klein in The Motley Fool. Shout out to The Motley Fool and to T-Swift, T-Swizzle. All right. The music industry has a reputation for taking advantage of the artists it employs. Performers often sign bad deals and end up not making much money as they generate millions for others. While that's happening, they're often encouraged to spend money they don't actually have, going into debt and setting up the sad ending of the eventual documentary on their downfall. But Taylor Swift has managed to avoid that fate. Even though she became famous as a teenager, she has made smart decisions and amassed a fortune that's approaching $400 million. Swift has accumulated that wealth partly through her music and partly by building a global brand. The singer and songwriter has worked with major brands including Coca-Cola, Capital One, AT&T, Cody's, CoverGirl, Apple, Girl, Apple, and others. Now, many of Swift's uh, endorsements come from what she actually likes. Her partnership with Apple, for example, was centered around commercials based on music she loves. And her deal with Coca-Cola has been built around her love of Diet Coke. So all those types of deals connect with consumers as they play, uh, they play as genuine. That helps her build a deeper connection with her fan base rather than being accused of selling out. Taylor has often also smartly maximized her earnings by touring extensively and using dynamic pricing to sell tickets. So I thought this was pretty interesting here. So she's using this model of delivering the maximum return rather than quickly selling out. And so if you went on Ticketmaster, 
uh, in January and you pulled up like a third row seat for Taylor Swift's June show, uh, June 2nd show at Chicago Soldier Field, it would have cost $995, which is a lot of money, like $1,000 for one seat. Okay. But if you looked up the same seat three months later, the price would have been $595. Um, and that's because she has adopted this dynamic pricing thing where concert tickets like airline seats shift prices constantly in adjusting to market demand. Uh, so it's a move intended to squeeze out the secondary ticket market, um, but it's also left some fans confused as they're asked to pay hundreds of dollars more than face value. That may not be very fan-friendly, but it maximizes revenue for the artist and the ticket seller instead of letting third-party sellers take a piece of the action. Basically, fans end up paying the same price anyway, so using this model makes Swift the most money possible when she tours. Finally, Swift has been very smart about collaborations. Working with other artists exposes her to their fans and in some cases lends their credibility to hers. Working with Ed Sheeran, maybe the only pop singer bigger than her, can't hurt. The same might be said for Kendrick Lamar or the Chicks, formerly the Dixie Chicks, two major acts whose fans may not naturally be inclined to check out the T -Swift, a T-Swift record. So what are the business lessons? Well, the lesson from Swift's endorsements is that you can sell without selling out. Endorsing Coke when you're a big Diet Coke fan is profiting from something she believes in any way has and has never tried, believes in any way, I should say, and has never tried to hide. How does that apply to you? Think of the same logic when you invest. You might make more money buying shares of a company who's, I'm sorry, you might make money buying shares of a company whose mission you don't support. Or you can invest in brands that speak to who you are and what you believe in while still making money. Dynamic pricing is basically Swift teaching you to get what you are worth. Negotiate for a raise you deserve by showing the value you create and be willing to move on if your company won't pay you accordingly. Lastly, Swift has taught us the business value of teamwork. I'm good at many things, but often turn to my colleagues when I'm asked a question outside of my circle of competence. Do that a lot and you will soon find, soon find that your own circle has grown. So there's a lot here, Chris. What, what do, where do you want to start? What stands out to you most? Um, my favorite part is the, the dynamic pricing thing because I know this is like a, it's very controversial in the world of concerts and such. Um, and so it's, it's technically not fan-friendly as the article notes. But I think um, the point is this is happening anyway. And so all this margin is normally ca you know, captured by these third-party sellers and like you know, scalpers or middlemen and such. And she has been very smart in capturing it for herself. Um, so I think that to me is probably like, if you look at like how the numbers break down and such, I imagine that's a huge part of, of all the value that she's been able to, to achieve for herself. Yeah, I think that's very interesting too. And it's interesting that it's not fan friendly, but it is the best thing for her. And she seems mm. unapologetic about it. And I think that's an right. interesting thing because very often we're hesitant to, make sure we get the most money at, mm -hmm. but it's not really at the expense of others that are her constituents. It's, the, it's at the mm. expense of people that are effectively siphoning money off from her. Exactly. So it's a delicate balance because she is making sure to capture more money at someone's expense, but who's well mm. scalpers and people that are just capitalizing right. on her success. And if she can communicate that effectively to people, then mm. I think they would be supportive of it. The question is, can she really do that? I am curious to know what you think about um, the whole idea of endorsing. Cause you do commercials on your podcast mm. and various mm -hmm. other things. I mean, 
she is endorsing products and we don't know that it's ex- exclusively products she believes in, but the big deals right. she's made like diet Coke are things that she believes in. How much do you factor that in when you're deciding to do a partnership with somebody? Sure. I mean, I think to me, um, so it's this question of authenticity. It's, um, is it anything that's actually helpful to people? You know, so you were just talking about your, your sponsor Netgear. you know, well, Wi-Fi is very helpful to people. If you give people like a fast router, that's great. You know, it brings value to their life, you know, so there's no, there's no conflict of interest. And not only is there not a conflict of interest, it's actually like, you know, presumably better, you know, for, for listeners, it's helpful. So I think that's kind of how I approach that. Um, there've been a couple of things that have come to me that, you know, just haven't really felt right. And so I think you have to pay attention, you know, like to that. And if something doesn't feel right to you, then it's probably, you know, like there's a reason why it doesn't feel right to you. You should listen to that as opposed to saying, well, maybe it's not a big deal. I'll just do it anyway. Absolutely. And then, the, you know, it's interesting. So we have, this is a collaboration and we bring in a bunch of co-hosts every season. This mm-hmm. is an, a really good example of what she's talking about with teamwork and mm-hmm. sharing our audiences. And I love that our Money with Friends audience is getting mm-hmm. to know you and your audience is getting to know mm-hmm. a little bit about us. That's also how effective has that kind of collaboration strategy been for your business? I think it's very effective. I think if I go back to where I started also, so it's not even think about like like where we are now and stuff because you and I have both been doing this for a while. But if I think like, okay, you know, 12 years ago, I started writing a blog and, and nobody knew me. Uh, and so I reached out to other people that I admired and respected. And a lot of them were very kind and, you know, helping me to kind of get my message out. And I've tried to do that now in return. And um, I think that's, I mean, ultimately people learn about new shows or programming or books or whatever because other people talk about them, you know. And so I think those kind of partnerships are not only helpful, but they're essential, really, if you want to grow your audience or your brand or make more money or whatever your objective is. So how would you, what advice would you give to people in different industries, not necessarily media or podcasts that want to work on teamwork and collaborations? Where can they begin? Well, I I mean, maybe some of the technical parts differ among industries, but ultimately these things are based on relationship, Um, you know, whatever the industry, I think. And so to me, the first step is always to ask yourself, like, how can I contribute? How can I be of, of service or how can I... Um, you know, if there is somebody that I respect and want to work with, maybe I think about it, not just about how they could help me, but is there something I could bring to them as well? And so if you apply this mindset and you kind of develop your soft skills, I think, um, your soft skills, your people skills, your follow-up ability, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think that can just, that can only take you far in whatever your industry you're in. What do you think? I think that's great advice. I think that it's important to be tuned in to being sincere. And I think one of the things that people don't always do that can be very effective Mm. is the follow-up and also Mm. checking in with people when you don't necessarily need something from them, when it's either just neutral, developing a genuine friendship and relationship, sometimes over years when you don't need anything. And then, you know, maybe when something is happening in your life where you could use their assistance or just their advice, you know, not making them feel obligated, just approaching them, letting them know what's going on and seeing if they volunteer. And most people really will. They are sincere Mm -hmm. and they do want to help you if you've made a genuine connection. And I think nothing really replaces time Mm -hmm. with that. I think it's really not something where you can approach somebody right away and ask Mm -hmm. them for something right away. There has to be some kind of history. Um, Mm -hmm. It depends on the ask, of course. There are people that have approached me cold that I don't necessarily know, for example, that have asked me to endorse their book. And Mm -hmm. what I'll do in that case is I I actually have to, I read the book 
I make sure mm. that it's something, you know, and this goes back yeah. to the endorsement idea right, is right. make sure that it aligns with your values. There was a case where there was a book where there was a point of view that I did that did not align with my mm -hmm. own. And I, I just politely declined because I felt right. that they were um, endorsing a risky investment behavior mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. just wasn't. I wasn't comfortable. So it's also yeah. important when you endorse something to understand the company and take the time to make sure that you understand the company, not mm. just read just the surface amount. So a surface yeah. thing about them. We uh, call this money with friends because we love to include our friends in the show. And we have some of our friends on Instagram. We ask mm. them, we, you know, this Taylor Swift is known at this point, I believe as a pretty savvy mm. businesswoman. She's had a lot of um, things in the press, uh, standing mm. up for herself, standing up for her, just consumers and for other artists, frankly, against some of the biggest companies and really making sure that she owns her music going forward. And now that she has that power, we asked our audience what other celebrities they would like to get business advice from. And you have a few of those answers. Yeah. Uh, so let's say we heard from awesome sauce, three, one, three, great name, uh, who said Russell Simmons really respects Russell Simmons, who has built companies and sold them and been around for decades. Uh, so that kind of points to that time thing as well, of like the longevity. It's not just, you know, Russell Simmons is like Taylor Swift. He's not a one hit wonder. He just kind of keeps, you know, doing stuff. And then uh, was it Jenny K1115 uh, who said Chip and Joanna Gaines uh, have done a good job of creating multiple diverse uh, income streams. I don't even know a lot about Chip and Joanna Gaines, but I know who they are because they have kind of like they're in the culture. Right. So um, I think those are a couple of good, good role models, perhaps. Yeah. And Chip and Joanna Gaines have also done a lot of very bold things in terms of breaking um, uh, through from just having their own show to really having their own brand. And that's another step that takes a lot of courage and a lot of risk that they've done. So I think that that's an interesting one to watch. I mean, they have a magazine, they have, mm -hmm. um, I think they were building a restaurant last I checked and, and just a lot of different multiple income streams, as they said. So I think that's an interesting um an interesting example of somebody yeah. to be watching and, and, you know, back to Taylor Swift. I mean, we know her really from music, but it would not surprise me if in the years to come, she yeah. got involved in other areas of the business. I mean, what do you oh, think? I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. I think we'll see her in movies. I think she might, you know, I don't, who knows what she'll do. Yeah. She'll probably yeah, write I think a, she was in that too. Cats movie. Did you? Did That's you right. That, that didn't go so well, actually. But yeah, you know, I don't okay. think it went well. Cause not every, you know, not every, you know, step you take is going to be a success, but her next one will do a lot better, probably. I'm sure. Yes. She's very <laughs> talented. And it, yeah. And anyone that can make an album like the one she made from home, you got it. I mean, she's mm -hmm. amazing. I, we're mm -hmm. huge Taylor Swift fans. And um, right. I think that she will be good at everything she does. I don't know, by the way, I didn't see that movie. So I don't know that Taylor Swift wasn't amazing in her part. We just know that the movie did not do well. It was not. Yeah, a I don't well think anybody movie. saw that movie, actually, Bobby. So that's, yeah. that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Taylor's next role is going to be huge. That's so right. yay, Taylor Swift. All right. We're going to be back with our takeaways in just a minute, but we're going to talk more about Wi-Fi because it's kind of amazing that we're all so connected. And I think that's one of the reasons that people say um, work is changing so much is because the pandemic has forced us to use technology and be connected this way and also to appreciate how important Wi-Fi is. I mean, working from home is a great thing except it's not a great thing when your Wi-Fi is not working. Connections are everything, not just as we talked about connecting to people in your industry. It's also about that Wi-Fi connection because there's nothing worse than being on a call and being like, oh my God, my Wi-Fi is terrible. Yeah. 
or mm-hmm. after a storm or whatever it is. So if your Wi-Fi is struggling to keep up with the streaming, the work, the gaming, the video calling, so much more. And then, of course, with all of us, I have a family of five here. Everyone's at home. Everyone's doing their thing. You need to make sure you have reliable Wi-Fi. So when you're connected to your world by Wi-Fi, you need to make sure it is the best. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before in any part of the house. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. And by the way, thank goodness for this right before the school year is starting for so many of us. If you are ready for the best Wi-Fi ever, find out what makes Netgear America's number one choice for Wi-Fi at netgear.com forward slash best Wi-Fi. That's netgear.com forward slash best Wi-Fi. Chris, my friend, what is your takeaway on this story about Taylor Swift's business acumen that you brought to us today? Ah, well, thank you, Bobby. I really enjoyed this one. I, um, I don't know if the article went into it a ton, but I think um, the thing that I'm the most impressed with is uh, Taylor's ability to evolve and to grow. And so a lot of the stuff, you know, she has kind of come to over time. It wasn't like she started with all these endorsements and the dynamic pricing, uh, but she keeps changing and evolving. And like the new album that you mentioned is also kind of an evolution and quite different from the the previous album. So stylistically, it, you know, keeps changing. I think that's really important to keep it fresh um, because your fans may not always like like every stylistic change, but I think she's being true to herself as an artist. And like in the long term, she'll have more value because of that. I love that. And I love the fact that you're pointing out that she's really looking at her career as a very long-term process Mm and maybe planning out parts of it, but also not being afraid to go off track, not being afraid to, you know, be a little bit controversial with things like Mm -hmm. the dynamic pricing, which might upset people, Mm -hmm. but it can also normalize at a certain point and people get Mm -hmm. used to it. And if you can explain it to your fans and articulate it well, which I think she probably does, it can work to everyone's benefit. So that's a really, those are really good takeaways. Um, Mm. I also like the theme of collaboration that she talked about Mm. here. We do it here on money with friends. We hope our enjoy, our audience enjoys getting to know you, for example, um, and checks out your various product projects. And, um, we welcome the community to join us here at Money with Friends. I and mean, I think that's a really important collaboration, even having our audience participate via Instagram or being with us when we tape the show live. I think it's all about collaboration, community, growing the pie rather than slicing up the pie. I think that's a really good way for everyone to succeed. And it sounds a little bit, you know, idealistic and utopian and all that stuff. But also, I think that it actually is very practical and mm. does work well. I don't know. That's my two cents. But I agree. I got no sense to add to that. I like those sense. Where can people find out more about what you got, what you're up to now and sure. um, in the fall? You have one more show with us. Oh my gosh. All right. I, yes, you're- I'm excited about that show. But uh, see, otherwise I do a podcast every day. It's called Side Hustle School. So you can go to sidehustleschool.com or wherever you get your podcast. Just search for that. Um, and I'm on social media under my name, Chris Gillibo, or Instagram is 193countries, 193countries. Which is because you've been to 193 countries, right? Mm -hmm. That's correct. Oh my gosh. Amazing. And we have such a great appreciation of travel now more than ever before. So kudos to you. All right, everyone, check out Chris in all the places. He will be back tomorrow. We are going to be talking about uh, how to manage big costs like college in a pandemic. You can follow us on Instagram at Money Friends Pod. At Money Friends Pod is also our handle on Twitter. Check out our co-hosts like Chris and our schedule on our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. And we will see you here manana. Bye, everyone. 
show is created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends, LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at moneyfriendspod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it.